Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs, and I'm so glad to be here with you today and so thankful for our friends at Prep Dish for sponsoring this episode. I can't wait to tell y'all more about them in just a little bit. Hey, the music in the background is from our good buddy, Dave Barnes. Make sure you check out his stuff as well as see him on tour. It's one of my very favorite concerts. I'm going to see him Saturday in Chicago. So if you're going to be there, come say hi to me. Today on the show is a real special friend of mine, Alex Seeley. Alex is a pastor here in Nashville. She and her husband, Henry Seeley, are the leaders of The Belonging Co., a church that started here a few years ago. And I haven't shared a ton of this part of my story, but I will now. A couple of years ago when my pastor left our church, I was really sad and was really hurting and really struggled. And I had a friend, I have a lot of friends actually, who attended The Belonging and invited me to come along. And And the first Sunday I went with my roommate and we sat in the back row and I cried the whole time because it felt light and connecting and beautiful. And that was not the season that the church I'd attended for years was in. And so for the next few months, while our church transitioned and while some different things went on, I got to know Alex and got to uh, be a part of the belonging every other week or so. And I'd pop in and was so ministered to there. And I was so well loved there. And you'll hear us say it in the podcast, but Alex really loved me really well and loved me back to life in a lot of ways. And it's one of those things, some of you guys know this experience of feeling like when something is hard at a church, it's easy to want to give up on the church. And I feel like Alex's friendship helped that not happen with me. I never stopped loving my church that I had gone to for years, but I needed some healing. And people have found that in a lot of different ways, and that is how I found it. And so I can hold both those things. We can hold both those things that there are multiple places that are gifts to us. And I am so thankful for where God has my church now and our pastor now, Pastor Kevin. If you haven't listened to his episode of the podcast, you should totally go back and listen to the one with Kevin Queen from August of 2017. It's our number two most popular show in the history of the show because it's just an incredible story of how God brought him here. But before he was here, Alex and her husband, Henry, stepped in and, and really were good, good friends to me and pastors to me. And I'm very thankful to them. So today's show, Alex and I go deep on some really interesting stuff. So wherever you are in your faith walk, I think this may push you a little bit. And that is okay. And that's good. And you don't have to agree with everything we say. And I'd be interested to hear your thoughts after you listen. But I think you're really going to enjoy Alex's wisdom and her experiences with God and what she has to offer. So here is my conversation with Alex Seeley. Hey, Alex. Hi. I'm so glad to have you on the show. It's a long time coming. I know. I'm so glad to be here. It's great. Okay. How long you and your husband moved to Nashville when? Uh, April the 7th, 2012. So So you're right at six years. Mm -hmm. That is so interesting. Mm -hmm. Six years ago. And why did you move? Where'd you move from? We moved from Melbourne, Australia. Okay. And uh, we were in a season of transition asking the Lord, if America was the open door, because you know how you you put those fleeces out. Yeah. And we applied for the green card lottery in um, Australia. For the, those of you who are American and probably don't know that because yeah. you are born here into yeah. citizenship. But you, um, the government gives out 50,000 green cards every year okay. for those that apply across the earth. There has to be obviously certain application. Oh, across the whole earth, it's uh-huh. only 50,000. So uh-huh. not Australia. Oh, no. The world. Australia was like, I think it's a 900 oh, out of the 50,000 get gosh. it. So you apply, you just pop your details in and um, you then, that's in October. Then the following May, the computer generates. It's just a random lottery, whether you have been accepted to apply. And so we got accepted to apply in 2011. And by the end of that application, we got granted our green card and so we do you get one per family one per family okay yeah. okay and so i so want it's not it. like you and henry and the kids have to get them no just one person just one person you got it i got it <laughs> i was the winner <laughs> and so yeah we won it and that was our 
like confirmation of, and then it was many, many, many prayers and obviously lots of confirmed ways. Sure, it was like sure. a two-year process. Sure. But land in Nashville because it made sense. Yeah. Because um, Henry, my husband's a musician and yeah. worship leader and all those sorts of things. So it kind of just made sense. He'd been working with some guys before uh, but didn't plan to stay here. And it was kind of let's land in Nashville, see how we feel. It wasn't really my vibe mm-hmm. uh, when I moved here because it was very different six years ago. Yeah. Nashville was very different yeah. six years ago. And We're so, talk about that. yeah. So for me, it was it wasn't a good first entry point of six months, but um, God spoke, and obviously here we are now. When other people believers move from other countries to the U.S., did you consider it being a missionary? No. It wasn't until someone had told me once the church kind of had a lot of fruit, they said, thank God that you are a missionary to our country. And I just went, I'm not a missionary. Yeah. And you know, that was the most bizarre thing because when I was 11 or 12, when I felt the call of God on my life, I remember I had this um, teacher at school that left everything to go to Bolivia to be a missionary. And I remember as a young girl going, God, I want to be a missionary. Send me to the nations. But because America to me is not third world, I didn't consider this a mission field. Yeah. But one who is sent to another place is on mission, right? They're a missionary. And so it wasn't until someone actually thanked God that we were missionaries to their country Mm -hmm. that it twigged. Oh, Mm. my gosh, I'm Mm. a missionary. I'm actually doing what I prayed for when I was was a kid. Yeah. So that's incredible. Yeah. I think I might get in trouble for this conversation, but we're going to go there. I struggle with the word missionary. I think the world is getting so small that maybe people are just moving to other cultures yeah, and sharing who they are. yeah. I feel like there's a different expectation from the church on missionaries than on people who move to another country. Yes, and that's why I never considered myself a missionary. Yeah. Because I'm not, I'm not coming to change a culture, if you like, of a people group to become Christians. I think if we come in with an agenda, I think that's the area that that's a touchy subject but I didn't come in with an agenda to change something I was following the call of God to something and that's maybe what I have the I I do not have a problem with the work I have a problem with the label yeah absolutely and and there's just something about um people going no matter what my label is yep I am moving into a place I am getting to know my neighbors and I am going to tell them about Jesus not about our culture Absolutely. Not about our, yeah, not about our culture, but about our savior. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that I agree with that too, because I think people too, I think people start churches in that vein too, which I think mm. I don't agree with. Mm. People go, I'm going to go to this city and start a church. Well, have you actually even seen the need? Do you, yeah. do they even need that church or that type? What is your motive? Yeah. Our, our thing was completely obedience, like go to this place and it was a huge shift. It's not like I was like, we're going to go here and we're going to do this. And, yeah. and it wasn't until I was sit, sitting ingrained with my community yes. and getting to know people yes. and Henry was working amongst people and then we're entertaining them in our home and I start seeing a need that everything kind of got birthed from that place. It yeah. wasn't this intentional, we're going here to bring our mission. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it wasn't not at all. It yeah. was quite organic, really. Yeah, I watched it. I mm. agree. Yeah. I, I mean, I remember friends <laughs> saying, hey, we're, I'm going to this thing called The Belonging and it's in these people's basement. And I was like, have a great time. <laughs> I was like, I'm really, I'm excited for you, Seth. Good luck, Seth. Have a great time. Isn't but, that crazy? Yeah, and it was just this graphic y'all would put yes. on Instagram. That's and it. And a couple of my friends would say, hey, I'm going to that thing in those people's basement. And I was like, what are y'all doing? Right? It seemed so weird. We had, we gave it a name because it was even weirder when people were like, we go to this thing in a basement, we sit on the floor, yeah. we worship, and we listen to this woman in her house shoes share a word. I mean, <laughs> what? I wouldn't go to that. You know? <laughs> what? How'd y'all get the name The Belonging? Uh, I remember actually that year, that 2012, 2013 year, I was really unpacking the whole thought Mm. of the local church. Yeah. I think I was going through a bit of a crisis with it because the institution of church had so much collateral damage around it 
that I start to question, God, did you get this right or did we get it wrong? Like what, who's right, who's wrong here? Because I'm, I've been part of it since I was conceived in the womb. Yep. I've worked as a minister within it Mm -hmm. since I was 21 and yet I've seen so much good but I've equally seen so much damage. And I was like, I don't know if this works. I think church is broken. Wow. And I don't know if I agree with it. And mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to be part of it anymore. Mm-hmm. I did not at one moment not love Jesus. Right. I had an issue with the church. Sure. And so I was like, God, what did you have in mind when you designed the church, mm. that you thought up the church? And how did you choose leaders? And how did you choose people to be in your inner world when you were the son of God and you were about to you know, pass the baton over to these men who were misfits and fractured and yeah. broken, and yet you entrusted these men with your mission here on earth. Mm-hmm. Let me look at your style of leadership because what I've seen is we've got to go through all the hoops. We have to have degrees. We have to go to seminary. We have to do the growth track. We yes. have to do the, the five courses. We have to have been connected to this person. And, and and then I looked at Jesus and I started to look at how he chose his disciples. And he would just say to people, come follow me. Yeah. And he had them belong to him before they even believed that he was saviour. Oh, wow. And there was this light bulb moment that the church says, believe, belong, and whatever. And I don't agree with that. I believe that we belong to him before we even believe in him. Because we are his sons and daughters before we are aware of Mm -hmm, it. mm -hmm. We just disconnected that relationship, but we've always belonged to him. Yep. And so he had these men belong to him in his inner circle And then as they were close to him, their behavior changed and they became the men that God always intended them to be and always saw them to be. So for me, it was like we belong to him first and we belong before we even believe. And could we have a church that says, come on in, however you are, not stay there, but you belong to Jesus before you belong to a church body. Mm, mm -hmm. Because I think we go into church wanting to belong to a body before we belong to Jesus, and that's where we get disappointed. Yes. So that's where it came from. So your connection point for people, I mean, A, I totally agree with you, but I just want you to unpack it a little bit more because there is the people who would say, well, you can't belong if you don't believe. Not meaning like you're not welcome here, but like, until you believe in Jesus, you can't really belong here. What do you say to that? Well, it depends what you're saying in what level that they can belong. See, I wouldn't put somebody who doesn't believe on my pulpit to preach. Right. Right. There, there's, <laughs> exactly. There's wisdom. I wouldn't let them be in a leadership position, but they're okay to be a greeter. Yeah. Because we're all kind. We yeah. can all say hi to someone. Yeah. So why do you have to... And we've actually had people struggling in their issues. Because I can tell you, you've got churches full of leaders that have struggled with porn addictions. Right. But they're still allowed on the leadership because you don't know what's hidden on the inside. So we we do all these checkoffs, which I think is really good. But we just need people to see that they belong part. They're welcome, not mm-hmm. just to watch on the sidelines, but they can partake of something really simple. I mean, Jesus gave Judas the job of the treasury when he was when a he thief. Knew, right. Yeah. That yeah. just blows my mind. Yeah. Again, wisdom, but I think we're allowed to let them belong at certain points. Like yes. I'm not saying And they can be in the building right. and they can't. Yes. Course, yes, yes, course. yes. No matter who I just you think are. they're they're you can't say too much. Let people in. Yes. Let people in, let yes. people in, let them in your yeah. small group, let them in your yes. home while they are still yes, processing. Figuring it out. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you, uh, you said a word that triggered a memory. I was speaking at a conference this weekend and at one point the women and leadership had me sit down with them and just kind of have a conversation about like, what are you seeing across the country? Here's some stuff we're seeing in our women's ministry. And one of the topics that came up is women in pornography. Mm. So, Talk about secret sin for a minute and how do you get out of secret sin? Because if the stats are right that Barna has released, almost half the women listening to us are either 
actively looking at porn or see it once or twice a month. That's the stat, 55% of Christian women. And so what do you say? And for the men listening too, I, I think, I think a lie that the church has fed me as a student is that eating disorders are for women and pornography is for men. Oh, 100%. That is a perception. And the problem is that when we do that, men who struggle with their bodies or eating disorders feel shame for their sin and shame for having a girl sin. And women who struggle with pornography feel shame for struggling with pornography and for having a boy sin. What's freedom from secret sin? Um, big question, big topic, because I, I, I think sin, the sins, the deeds of the flesh, I think they're symptomatic yep. to what is going on on the inside of the heart. Yes, go there. And so I think very, very much we, we don't deal with the symptom. I don't think we deal with the pornography. Mm. I think we need to go deeper. And this is why I'm such a believer as... In, in our church of yeah. going to heart issues, yes, uh, dealing with heart issues because there's a longing. It's the roots, not it's the, the root. fruit. It's yeah. not the fruit. So you yeah. need to go to the root yep. and there's a root. There's either a root of shame. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of pornography sometimes comes out of actual being sexually abused and so we don't know what to do with the shame mm-hmm. of that. So it leads us to this dysfunction, sexual yeah. dysfunction. So we find comfort in things. I think loneliness and the, the lack of... Of, uh, intimacy because of social media mm-hmm. and the way people are, are getting together these days. It's through a screen or a text. There's no longer this intimacy. So you've got all these barriers mm-hmm. that, and, and you've just got a desensitized generation to yeah. sexual sin. Yeah. We have made pornography. You know, I was thinking this the other day that we were watching shows back in the 90s that almost just would slip in the porn is so normal in relationships, outside of relationships. Mm -hmm. So again, it desensitizes this false sense of intimacy. It's Mm -hmm. like that cyber intimacy that you're thinking you're getting your short-term fix when actually there's a longing Mm -hmm. in all of our hearts Mm -hmm. for true intimacy. So I think get to the heart of the matter and whatever that root is, the Holy Spirit has such a great power that you can speak one message in a church service, but it can be chopped up into a thousand different ways. Yes. And the Holy Spirit has this ability to go right down to the heart of the matter yeah. and deal with that. And it's the Holy Spirit that convicts. So let our places be so pregnant with the presence of God that mm-hmm. that's going to target the issue at hand, which is the root issue of yeah. loneliness, rejection, shame, you yeah. name it. So and, the, and the beautiful thing when we remember for our own sin that there's a root to find as we remember that for each other too. That's right. And go like, man, I hate seeing you do that or I hate that behavior. I think of some friends or pastors that were watching things. We're watching their lives fall apart and we go, I could say terrible things about you or I could go, man, what's the root? That fruit grosses me out and I'm not going to eat it, but what's the root? Because the root is heartbreaking versus anger inducing. And let let the place, because I find that in our church, we we make it a safe place that if you were to share your sin, your secret sin, that no one's going to be judging you and no one's going to look at you differently Mm -hmm. after the fact. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like we've had a generation of church leadership that has looked down upon secret sin. But God doesn't categorize sin. He doesn't have a top tier, you know, the top five are this and the rest I can live with and I can look upon. No, God can't look upon sin, period. Mm. So if we can just lift the mystique of these secret sins and go, okay, no problem. Guess what? Yeah. We're just going to, we're going to deal with that. We're going to move on. You are no different to me. Yeah. And there's just a, a place of safety. So people go, oh my goodness, I thought I was going to be, you know, excommunicated. Yeah. Yeah, and you're like, yeah. no, let's yeah. get to the root. I'm not here to pray that away. I'm I'm here to go, why are you going to that? Yes. And it, you know, secret sin is the best when no one knows. And it's the worst when everyone knows. Totally. Because it, the enemy convinces us that it changes flavor when it comes to public. And so there's extra shame when it's none of that. No. So someone listening is lives in Milwaukee yeah. and they don't know where to go to church and they don't have anyone to tell. And they're like, oh man, I'm embarrassed even listening because I have a secret sin. It's whether it's what you're watching or what you're eating or what you're drinking or who you're sleeping with or where you are, you're going places you shouldn't go. They can't figure out who to tell. Who do they tell? Jesus. Okay. Jesus. 
He's right there with you. Yeah. He's actually with you. He's never left you or forsaken you. Mm. And I think you just have to go, Jesus, why? Why? Why is this going on? Yeah. And there is a real person called the Holy Spirit. And you can and, and if you know Jesus, then you have Holy Spirit living inside mm-hmm. of you. So you can ask and say, Why is this? And how? What's the key to get out of it? Who do I need to forgive? Mm-hmm. What do I need to let go? What issue do I need to go back to and look at in the face and actually deal with? Yeah. And Jesus, would you help me? Because you forgive me. Yeah. You love me no matter what. You loved me while I'm doing all of this. Nothing's changed. I, I, I don't get separated. Shame wants to hide us and separate us from God. That's the enemy lie. Yeah. But actually God's like, no, where are you? You know, right mm. from the garden. Where yeah, are you, yeah. Adam and Eve? And they're yeah. like, we were afraid, so we hid. And he's like, but And the very first thing he does is he covers them with skin, animal skin. And he says, let me cover you. Yep, there's going to be a consequence. Yep, you're going to have to walk through something. But actually, no, I love you. And Mm -hmm. I've got a plan that's always been there to cover you and to annihilate shame. So come to me and then maybe us, Lord, lead me to a right person, a safe person. Yes. You know, to share my stuff. That's what I, I tell people all the time when they ask me, about how you find friends or how you find a counselor. I'm like, just ask the Lord. Yes. Just ask yeah. and then pay attention. Yeah. Ask and then pay That's attention. Right. Don't don't expect a downloaded list into your head, but ask and then notice that the same woman is at the coffee shop the same time yes. as you every day. Absolutely. And maybe you should introduce yourself. Yeah. Or you keep hearing this counselor's name popping around yeah. and maybe you should call them. Totally. And just kind of um, pay attention to that. Yeah. Something that you have taught me, and I'm in my mid-30s and been a Christian mm. for 35 years of my life or 32 years of my life is you don't say the Holy Spirit. You say Holy Spirit. Yeah. Talk about how that, because that has changed my relationship with the Trinity. Talk about why you say Holy Spirit and not the Holy Spirit. It's actually because of my husband and uh, he had this encounter with Holy Spirit uh, a couple of years into our marriage and we'd been, we'd had a youth camp that was supposed to only last three nights Uh that ended up lasting six weeks. Wait, I mean, what? Yeah. We Wait, had, what? Okay. They didn't stay. Okay. Okay, go. Tell us this story. <laughs> Honestly, it was That's revival. a nightmare for counselors. <laughs> it was, no, no. This is where the... This is where Holy Spirit took okay, over. That's right. It was about 1999. Okay. Or, yeah, 1999. And um, camp literally blew up. God just began to move. Healings, deliverances, all the things that I think some churches are like, what? That, what does yeah, that even mean? Yeah. It just means there was a move of God where people were getting right with God. People were getting just free of stuff. Yeah. And what happened was the very last day of camp, our pastor got one person to testify of what God had done. Well, then another person just randomly walks up and says, can I testify? Well, an hour let goes by and everyone just comes up and starts testifying. Well, we don't stop the testimonies, but we have to finish the camp because we right. have to exit the grounds. Right. And so my pastor says, guys, we're going to go home. We're going to pack up this this, yeah. this camp. But tonight we're going to meet at the youth group and we're going to continue this testimony night. Bring your friends. Well, oh, that night... Gosh. Everybody comes and the place is jammed and people are getting ministered to during the meeting. Worship is going off. Testimonies are just taking place, but people are getting healed. People are getting saved that are bringing their friends who don't know Jesus. And they like, well, let's meet here tomorrow night. So we go home, come back the next night. It lasted seven nights for six weeks. That's unbelievable. 42 nights. Yeah. Straight until our senior pastor shut the thing down. <laughs> really? It was like, y'all have to stop. Yeah. You've got to stop, which, you know, but what it did in that place, but my husband, who was the keyboard player at the time, oh, right. was playing for all of these meetings that would last Every four night. to five hours. And y'all didn't hours. have kids yet, right? No so kids. You weren't we were just married. Yeah, yeah. And it was youth group, so it was young adults. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. Um, so everyone had free time. Everyone, sure, nights sure, sure. were free. So yeah. here we were encountering Jesus. But what was happening was all the testimonies were coming out of people meeting the person, Holy Spirit. Uh-huh. Now, my husband, who'd grown up Baptist his whole life and you know was in, in this Holy Spirit move, which we hadn't really seen to this magnitude, he's like, hold on a minute. Everyone's having these moments with Holy Spirit, but who... 
I've never had this moment and here I am playing keyboard and I'm serving and I'm feeling nothing. Mm -hmm. And so it's about like week five into this and he's like a little bit mad and he gets in the car, drives home. We'd taken separate cars by this time because he was packing up, packing (laughs) down. So I get home and he's not home yet and it's about 11 o'clock at night and I'm thinking, where's Henry? Yeah. Well, anyway, there's a knock at the door at about 11.30 at night and I'm thinking, who could be knocking on my door? Well, it's Henry at the door. Now, he's got a key to the house. Sure, you both live there. Right, we live there. <laughs> and, he, and I'm like, and he's got his arm out like he's holding somebody's shoulder. Like he's put his arm like, around somebody. Yeah. And I'm like, this looks weird, but it feels right. And I start okay. weeping as I open the door. And I'm like, what is happening? And he goes, Alex, work with me here. But Holy Spirit's asked me to introduce you to him. And he wants to come into our home. And I'm thinking, what has happened to my husband? You yeah. Know? And we, he walks in, but we're weeping. I, I can feel the very tangible presence of God. So we go into the living room and he starts unpacking and he says, you're never going to believe this experience I had in the car. I was kind of a little bit mad going, God, why aren't I feeling this? the Holy Spirit? Why aren't I feeling it? And, that, and the Holy Spirit just whispers something in his heart. You know when you get an impression that God's speaking yeah, to you? Yeah. And he says, Henry, I'm right here. I'm actually sitting in the passenger seat. And he's like, you know when you can feel a presence in your peripheral vision yeah. but you don't want to look because yeah. you're like, hold on a minute, is this really is there God a person speaking? Or yeah. Is there, yeah, yeah. But he could just sense somebody there. Well, of course he looks and in his actual natural eye, he can't see anyone sure. but he can feel someone. Yes. And he feels this impression saying, I want to be your friend because do you realize I'm a person? I'm the God. I'm involved in this Godhead. There's God the Father who is a person. There's God the Son who is a person. And there's God the Holy Spirit. I am a person, Henry, and you can get to know me as the person. Mm. He goes, why don't we just start by you dropping the the? Wow. Because I don't call you the Alex. You don't call me the Annie. That's exactly what he said. He goes, you don't call your wife the wife or Alex the Alex, he goes, start seeing me as a person and start calling me as a person. He goes, I don't mind people referring to me as the Holy Spirit, but when you're engaging with me, just call me Holy Spirit. And it shifted everything for us. Because people are very comfortable talking about Jesus. Yes. And talking about Jesus as a person and having a relationship with Jesus, it feels wackadoodle to have a relationship with Holy Spirit. Yeah. But it's not. It's because not. Because he's part of the Trinity. He's and part of he, the Trinity. And even he, I'm careful to use he because yeah. who knows, but he's part of the Trinity. He really is. And there is a reason why Jesus said, it's better that I go, that the Spirit that my Father promised will come. And that's in the Bible. That's People in sh- yes. the Bible. Yeah. And so here we are, and he says to his disciples, don't go anywhere until that spirit of God yeah. that comes on you to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and all the ends of the earth. And so there is a, you, know, you can grieve Holy Spirit. Yeah. You can look at all the references in the Bible. And if you study the person of the Holy Spirit, he is a person. Let us make man in our image. Yeah. Therefore, there is an image of Holy Spirit. Yes, we liken him because God, when, when Jesus was baptized, it says he, the, the Spirit came upon him in the form of a dove. Mm. And so he took on that image at that moment and the Spirit remained on Jesus. So we have to see the Spirit of God, that Spirit, Spirit man, we are spirit beings. So when we die, this flesh dies, we're still a person, if, if, yeah. if you like. So I think we have to start relating the Holy Spirit because mm-hmm. he is the spirit version of God. Yeah. And why wouldn't we treat him like a person? And so mm-hmm. it's not like we sit and, you know, like, you know, just like you would talk to Jesus, but it's easier to talk to Jesus because there's reference to him as right. a man on earth. That's right. Um, but God's a father. Yeah. So there's reference to him. Yeah. And so you look at it, and that's why we have difficulties sometimes looking at him as father if you've had a disconnect with your own father. So yeah. Holy Spirit's real, and he's a person. Yeah. 
All right, friends, I'm going to interrupt this conversation with Alex real quick to tell you about our good friends over at Prep Dish. I know a bunch of you have tried it since we talked about it a few weeks ago, but you guys know I'm not great in the kitchen and I have confessed that before. I want to be and I try to be. It's just a time thing mostly for me. And for me, Prep Dish has done that. It has saved time. It's made me more efficient in the kitchen. And also you can get it dairy-free, gluten-free and paleo meals that are real foods. It's a great way to eat healthy. It's stress-free and it's so good. So whether you are single and just don't have a ton of time in the kitchen or don't want to spend your time in the kitchen, or if you're feeding your family, Prep Dish is such an easy way to have everything ready to go to make these really delicious meals that you are going to be impressed with yourself. I am consistently impressed with myself after I have made uh, one of my Prep Dish meals. So it's a healthy subscription-based meal planning service. When you sign up, you receive an email every week with the grocery list and instructions for prepping your meals ahead of time. And it's usually like an only an hour worth of prep for the whole week. And you'll save time, have amazingly delicious meals. So the founder, Allison, who I have grown to adore, Allison is offering all of us, anybody, a free two-week trial just to try it out. And you cannot beat that, you guys. So prepdish.com slash Annie will take you to a page where you can sign up. And then you just use the code Annie in all caps, and that will get you your two-week free trial. I hope you guys love it. I'm so excited to hear. Keep telling me what you think. And now let's head back to the conversation with Alex Seeley. I'm not great about having conversations yeah. with Holy Spirit. Like I'll say, Holy Spirit, I need you to yeah. do this. Or I, or yeah. would you would you help with this? Or would you go here? Yeah. I boss him around probably more than I should. Yeah. Well, think I about this. I probably should engage more than boss. Engage more because in the Amplified Version, it talks about Holy Spirit being our comforter, yeah. our counselor, our advocate, our teacher, and our guide. And this mm. is how I view it. Holy Spirit is as if Jesus were walking with me on this earth and yet he's all-knowing, he's all-powerful, and he is, that, this is why he is my counsellor. Mm. So when I go to him for counsel, I'm legitimately asking him, Holy Spirit, what is your advice on this? What are your thoughts mm. on this? Mm-hmm. How should I navigate this? What do you say about this? And so I'm inviting him into conversation. And so he will impress upon my heart thoughts that I go, oh, I know that did not come from me. That was a God thought. So how do you decide when you're spending your time with the Lord in the morning? How do you decide who you are asking? Yeah, that's a good question. I think it's different things for different times because, Father, I feel like when I need the wisdom of God, like, you know, yeah. when you need your papa wisdom, like, yeah, Dad, yeah. I'm going to go to my dad and okay, I, need, yeah. I need to ask him a really serious question or just what concerns mm-hmm, the earth and mm-hmm. the world and how, God... How did how does this work out for me? Like, how do you see me? I feel like God gives me my identity, and and yeah. He gives me that nurture of, you're my father, and you're going to lead me in that that the direct path. I think Jesus is my friend, my brother. He is my my savior, my my lover, if mm-hmm, you like, like mm-hmm. that person that I I just feel drawn to because he's safe. Mm-hmm. And then Holy Spirit is really the wisdom and the counsel and the advocate and the that all the things that I would need that kind of advice with the teacher to reveal, illuminate scripture, reveal mm-hmm, truth to mm-hmm. me, point me to Jesus, mm-hmm. point me to the conviction of my heart. What do I need dealings with in my mm-hmm. heart? Holy Spirit, what do you see in my heart now that's rotten. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's the revealer and the convictor of yeah, truth, yeah. you know. So that's how I do it. You know this because we mm. process a lot of real life yeah. together. God works with me a lot in pictures. Yeah. I see things. I don't see words yeah. a lot, but I'll see a I don't even like vision, but I'll I'll have a yeah. vision in my brain, a picture in my brain, yeah. and I'll go, "Oh, I want to, I need to watch that movie again. Will you show me that to me one more time? Run me run that yeah. film again." And there is, there's a consistent picture of a, a, when I'm trying to process something, it feels like me and Jesus sitting on a couch. Yeah. Because something that's changed in me in the last, how long have I known you? Three years, two years? Yeah. Is this like, let's, versus me just asking God to tell me what to do. Yes. Of me going like, hey, so I had a thought. Yes. And what do you think about 
me. I mean, I was doing it on the airplane yesterday or two days ago. I was going, so I think this is what I want to do, but I really only want to do, you know me, I only want to do what you want me to do. Is this the right move? Yeah. I'll do that. I'll do something else. And it it has become Mm -hmm. a partnership in a way that I didn't know existed. It, It feels like this. I have permission to do whatever I want. Yes, because you are made in his image mm-hmm. to create. Yeah. We are co-creators. We're co-laborers yeah. with yeah. God. And he's like, you know, that's, you know, so many people go, what's the will of God for my life? And God's like, whatever. Yeah. You choose. How scary. You know why people don't like that? Because that is so scary. Yeah. They don't that's like right. it. They don't that's like right. hearing that God is wide open to whatever city they want to live in. That's it. Or whatever job they want to do. Or or to some degree, who they marry. That's God's, it. God's, God's pretty open. He's saying you choose. But you know what? I'll give you a red light when I need to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Follow yeah. the green until I bring a red. Yes. I think if we can live like that, but I think so many Christians live... I'm at the red light waiting for the green. He's like, yes. no, keep moving until yeah. I tell you you're going to fall off a cliff and yes. I'll tell you to go left. Yes. And I feel like if you can engage with God as co-laborer, yeah. uh, co-worker, co-conspirator, if you yeah, like, yeah, co-friend, yeah, yeah. like he's excited because he's like, finally we're engaging as a father-daughter. Yeah. Because I would ask my dad, he, he loved properties. He would buy properties all the time. So every yeah. time we went to buy a house, guess who I would go and ask? My dad. Yeah. Because he had knowledge in it. And he was like, well, you, what do you like about this house? Yeah. But then he would say to me, but if you buy this house, this tree, the root system is going to buckle up all your front yard. Yeah. So that's going to cost you. Yeah. And the, the plumbing out here. So you decide what do you want to spend your money on? Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, Ted, you're amazing. But at, at the end of the day, he's like, what What do you think? Yeah. Because I'll come with you with gu- guidance and advice, but I like it. What about uh, That's you? what you've done with me for single with single men. Where you've gone, <laughs> I mean, you can yeah. buy that house, but the root system. <laughs> yes. The root system right. may cost you. <laughs> right. And I think we've grown up being want to be told and God's like, no, I gave you a brain and yeah. I want you to dream and yeah. I want you to live. Is that the milk versus solid food idea? Yeah, I think idea? so. Because I always thought that was a teaching thing. Mm-hmm. Like I always thought, oh, I need deeper teaching. But the older I get in my faith walk, the more I realize like, actually, I think the meat is a partnership. And there is seasons in my life, and I think this is really true, that there are times where God needs you to do exactly mm-hmm. a thing. Absolutely. there. I, If he would not have said Nashville, I would never have moved here. Mm-hmm. He needed me to do exactly that. Yeah. When it was moving to Scotland, it was more like, well, do you want to? Yeah. Well, if you want to, let's go. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Because in Nashville, there was a season where you needed to be trained and readied for something. Yes. And that's the same thing for us. I think we had yeah. the option to go to California or stay here. And I knew it was yeah. a direct God saying, no, you need to stay here. Yeah. Because I have, I have an assignment yeah. for you called the belonging. Yeah. Which I didn't know. But it... But even coming to America, we landed in Nashville, not because God said, go to Nashville. Right. It was you a went landing. Like, yeah. Okay. Henry, this makes sense. Yeah. These five, yeah. Yeah. And the thing I have to remind myself all the time and that I get to say to my friends when, especially my younger friends who go like, what city and what job and what, I go like, you can always change your mind. That's right. Go try. Step toward what you want to yes. step toward. And then for Pete's sake, change your mind if you need to change yes. your mind. Absolutely. You're going to be fine. Yeah, you're not going to be penalized for right. a mistake. Right. God loves the risk factor. Yeah. That we take a risk, that yeah. we step out in faith. He'll yeah. guide us. It's like, I see it like um, the bowling alley bumpers. Uh-huh. You know, he's going to get us to strike, but sometimes yeah. those bumpers are going to come up when he needs them. Yeah, that's so right. So that that's we right. strike. He's, that's he's right. You know, he's good. Something that you and I haven't gotten to process yet, but we will off microphone is after Lent, when I finished Lent, yeah. I, and I may have said this to you when I saw you, but I thought I trusted God and I didn't. And I do now. Yep. I do now. And it felt like That's it. it was finally I had a strike uh-huh. in my own belief system, yes. not in any situation in my yep. life, but in my own belief system, the Lord went like, I had to put these bumpers up That's right. because not because you couldn't have survived without him, but because there was a strike here That's for you. It. That's and, it. and it has changed. I mean, I literally Beautiful. wrote in my journal this morning. How am I supposed to pray when I trust you? <laughs> like <laughs> big bold prayers. Yeah, that's. I mean, I think that's got. That is good. I wanted you. To, I was going to ask you that as well. Yeah, because I thought, wait, I used to pray because I n- didn't know what you would do. Wow. And so I was mm. praying down these paths of please, yeah, begging, please. And now I'm like, well, what I you're going to do? So yes. Do I still have to pray? <laughs> yes. And the answer is yeah. yes. You just go bigger. That's right. You go, you go bigger. bigger and you bolder. go like, 
pray, okay. pray scary prayers that yeah. scare you in the natural. Yeah. But you trust that you've got a bigger God that he'll do it. But in the natural, it's like, <gasps> yeah, because that's what I feel I'm doing, Alex, is going like, pray the same thing you prayed last time. Yeah. But last time you didn't get it. Yeah. Last pray with time, faith. That's it. That feels like what the Lord, I mean, this morning I was just all, so many shades of teary because yeah. I was going like, wait, last time I said these words, my heart got broken. Yes. Right, so either you're going to let my heart get broken again or you're asking me to jump all in again. That's it. And I don't want to. Yeah. But if you're trustworthy and if I trust That's you right. and you're driving this, I'll jump in again. That's right. I'll try That's it again. Right. That's the difference. Right. That you're willing to risk that the outcome's not what you would like it to be, but you still know God's good. Isn't that scary? Or I mean, have you experienced that too where you took the risk and it didn't work and then God goes, take that same risk? Oh, absolutely. With work, with people. Absolutely. With, yeah. with relationships yeah. especially. Yeah. And it's the risk of, you know. You had to do that with friendships when you oh, moved here. Big, big time. Yeah. And there was that sifting of seeing who's a real friend, who's a short-term friend, who's yeah. a long-term friend. Yeah. Who, but you, you have to risk being hurt in mm-hmm. order to gain something of value. Oh, man. Um, so, yeah. Isn't that the truth? Mm. Tell us about the belonging now. What is it? I think it's a safe Mm-hmm. place i think it's a oasis i think it's a do you see that happen a lot do you see oh, people yeah. come in and just mm. get mm-hmm. held yeah they, they get healed yeah. yes i they did get healed yeah I did. Uh, it's it, god spoke to me actually in the J- july of 2012 when i was mm-hmm. wondering why i was here mm-hmm. and i was reading the bible chronologically as it happens in history and so yeah. you know have you ever done that it, it jumps no, all haven't. over the place yeah it's, it's actually a mind bender yeah um because so, job is first right? oh, it's, it's crazy yeah right? it's all <laughs> over the place but it goes by day so numbers of day uh, so i was at day 100 and whatever yeah and i opened it and i was like god i just really need you to speak to me are we meant to be in nashville yeah. or not because this place is feeling like a dry desert very very barren for me yeah and i don't know how much i can take here but mm-hmm. if you say i need to be here then oh, i'll stay here say that yeah right and so i got to second kings 219 and, mm-hmm. and it says there elisha the prophets come up to elisha and they say elisha elisha the location here is good but the waters are bad and yeah. the land is unfruitful yeah and he said, bring me a new bowl of salt. And as the salt got put into the waters, he said, the waters were healed and the land became fruitful and has been fruitful to this day. And something like a spear went into my heart and I felt, God, that was my assignment. And he said, wow. Alex, the waters here are toxic and they need to be healed. Mm. And it's going to come through a new bowl of salt. What's salt? It's, it's healing. It's a preservation agent yeah. uh, and it's a cleaning agent it cleans yeah and and he said and you're going to be part of bringing that salt to the waters yeah of this city in the church and in the industry of music yeah. and yeah. all these areas and i'm thinking well that's really great and it did really pierce my heart but here yeah. i am i don't know a human being yeah i'm not even in a local church all so right. how on earth is this going to happen all right and he said love people back to life mm. And I was like, well, what does that mean? Oh, and he goes, whatever, whoever I put in your path, you pray about, you seek to love, and you just love them back to life. Mm-hmm. And I just did that one by one by one. And then that was in July of mm-hmm. that 2012. Well, mm-hmm. November, we started the basement and we only had five people come the first night. They were oh the five gosh. people that we knew yeah. in the entirety of Nashville. Yeah. And those five people came down in that basement. Henry just put his hand to the keyboard and I think – Began to sing, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. Yeah. It's all about you. I'm not joking. The whole place fills with tears. Everyone is bawling and people are getting healed. I remember Mia, she, she yeah. shares this story, but Mia Donovan, Mia Fields, for those yeah. who know her, she said, I feel like God's healing me from a sickness that has no name. Mm. She goes, I've never been able to put a name to it, but my yeah. heart's been sick yeah. and I've been alone. And I need healing. And mm-hmm. she gets healing. And then this cu- this lady was there. She was about to divorce her husband. Her husband was an addict and she was done. And she goes, God's healing my heart on this marriage. Wow. Another person, uh, mind, gets healed. Another All on person, the first night. First night. Another person gets baptized in the Holy Spirit with no one praying for her. She doesn't tell me that till a month later. <laughs> Another guy gets fully healed. And I felt God say, this is the beginning of the cleaning so, of the waters. Yeah, yeah. And so that's what I think the belonging is. Okay, it's so you healing. started with five that first night. Yeah. How many did y'all have at Easter across your services? Do you have any idea? We're so bad at keeping stats, but I think it was... 
was um, it was overflow for the first service. So that we had a, a thousand. 1,100 chairs out, they were full, we had standing room. Then in the 7 p.m., there was about seven to 800. And then Tuesday night, it was at capacity. So so almost 3,000. Almost 3,000. So five to 3,000 in just a couple and of years. And then <laughs> online community as well. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, so. It's just Isn't that crazy? Beautiful. It's so beautiful. Yeah. You are right that we are seeing fruit yep. in churches yep. across the city. Yeah. I think God's just doing a work. Yeah. I think I think people are tired of religion. Yeah. And I think he's just breathing yeah. upon the yeah. church and people are encountering Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I think it's not about a church, it's not about a person, it's not about a personality. It's really about Jesus being put back in his rightful place. Yes. And people running. Yeah. to the throne room. Uh, we him. we pray here on Tuesdays from 11 to 12. And this morning, uh, Pastor Kevin had a whiteboard and he wrote revival in the middle. And then he said, describe revival and just had people yell out what yeah. it is. What would you say revival is? It's resuscitation back to life yeah. of the love of God. It's yeah. being revived, revived yeah. in your heart. And it's yes. an individual thing. And I think sometimes we look at it at this this big crusade level. Right. But I actually think when you... Because that's what I've seen happen in our church over the last four years. Hearts have been revived. You don't have to teach an evangelism class. You don't have <laughs> right. to teach a prophetic class. You don't have to teach anything. It's out of the overflow, out of the heart that the mouth speaks. And when your heart has been set on fire, you can't help but be mm-hmm. a witness. Mm-hmm. And that's what's taking place. I see that in my friend groups. I see that in my friends who go to the belonging, Church yep. of the City, somebody yep. where I go like, we are in revival. You're talking because about I'm Jesus. Revived. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I you loved me back to life. Yeah. I mean, I'm revived. And, yes. And so it is, I feel like we're seeing it. Yeah, we are. We say, I mean, we're uh, in we, it. you and I have said this back and forth, but we're saying it here at Crosspoint a lot too of like, it's happening. Yeah. It's happening. It's happening. It's it's happening. happening. The church is coming alive. And this city was not this five it years was ago. Not, it was dry as a bone and I hated it. This was another thing that I, I learned to do early on before I was even in a church. I felt the, the oppression of yeah. the city. I felt like, I feel like this is probably a little bit deep, but I do I mean, feel, we did talk about putting our arm around Holy yeah, Spirit. So right, we're just okay. there. We're there. Okay, we're there. <laughs> so I do feel like over cities, there are principalities and powers. Well, that's biblical for right? sure. That's it's, true. It's, yeah. It's, it's true. And I felt over this city, there was this heaviness of a blanket of just, and you, and you see it. People come to Nashville with a dream and that dream almost dies. And then there's yeah. disappointment on epic levels. And there just feels this, I don't feel I can do it. I feel insecure. I feel just weird. Uh, I feel heavy. I started to get under that spirit when I first mm. moved here. And mm. I had an intercessor friend from Melbourne call me one day and she says, the Lord's been speaking to me, Alex, don't live under the blanket of the atmosphere around you. Begin wow. to intercede yeah. into it. Yeah. And I was like, well, I know how to pray. Yeah. So I began to pray for this city a year before we ever saw the fruit. And yeah. so that power of prayer changes things. And I believe we, we're seeing a praying generation, especially yes. in Nashville. Yes. And churches are praying and fasting and, and prayer changes things. Yeah. I, I think it's important for our friends listening to know that your prayer for a year for a city that helped change the city is not just because you're a pastor. It's because you're no, a person. Because you don't I'm, have to be in, no, I'm not a pastor, but no. I'm praying for our city. And nope. the scripture says, when you pray for a city, pray for the city you live in that it will prosper. Yes. And we're absolutely. seeing that too. Even, I mean, oh. you and I have talked about this, but Hello? when the predators keep doing as well as they're doing, I'm like, that is Jesus. Right? That is because they, that is drawing our city together. It is putting us in front yep. of the rest of the country. Yep. I am convinced that how sports teams do yep. is part of yep. revival. And we have a soccer team now. Right. And the Titans did really well this I, year. I, I mean, I know people financially, me, but I think Come it on. is. I absolutely believe that what happens in sports can be a reflection of what God's doing in a city. Yes. And the economy. You look at Nashville's economy. You look at its... We did not bust in 2008. I mean, it is fascinating. It did not. And I feel like because it's a God-fearing city, but also I'm looking at the food. Guys, when I moved here, I Uh, prayed because (laughs) I... Lord, bring the chefs. I could not go to Waffle House. For those of you that Mm -hmm. love Waffle House, that's not my vibe. And I'm not a chain eater. I have to have good food because Australia is number one for food and coffee. And it wasn't good coffee when I moved here. Right. Crema had just made its way in. Barely, yeah. And I was like thanking Jesus. So all those prayers, the 
prayers of a righteous man avail right. much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, where we went for your birthday. How good old was school, that? New school. Old school. Old school. Old school. Old school. How good was that? I mean, I, the sunset. The every the weather the weather that everything on the plate was from twenty miles or closer yes. farm to table. I mean that yeah the company. I it, mean that was my favorite. Those meals. It is about the experience yeah. for me as much Same. as anything. I'm going like, what are you? What does that taste like for you? Two at a taste buds. Yeah, Can you rate my birthday? <laughs> rate oh, my strength birthday. five. Strength <laughs> fives. It was so beautiful. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I just love it. Okay. TaylorMade, we got to talk about it. Your book came out this week. Yes. It's just amazing. And I loved it. You were kind enough to let me read it a while back, and I just absolutely loved it. Why is that the right book for you first? Because it's my story. Yeah. It's my story. Uh, I think being in ministry, I've been in ministry, like official pastoring ministry for 24 years. Yeah. And what I have seen over and over again in my pastoring, my counseling, uh, just my dealings with with visiting other churches is the whole idea of we don't know our worth in Christ. Yeah. We don't know who we are. And even though I grew up in church, I still found myself confused mm-hmm. to who I am. I was mm-hmm. trying to emulate the pastor or the pastor's wife or the, the youth leader and God's going, are you crazy? I, I formed you before the foundations of the earth. You are unique yes. to me. I, I need you to find me to find your blueprint. Yes. Uh, not follow who people say you are and who you aren't, but who I say you are. Mm-hmm. And so really the journey is just me sharing my story of how I discovered the truth of who I am. How did it change your life? Was it slow or what? like one day you understood your identity and it changed everything? I think it was many okay. moments. Yeah. I think it was many moments. I think it's a journey. I think you know who, you know that Jesus loves you. You know that God loves you, but we're we're fractured and we're broken and mm-hmm. I think sometimes we fall into the the lie that oh well, I'm a Christian so I should have it all together because I found Jesus. Well, no, you got saved. That's it. Uh, you 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 got your position in heaven and your name's written in the you know in the the book of life, but um, but how do I deal with the mess? Yes. How do I deal with, well, my parents told me that I wasn't wanted. How, mm. do I, how do I deal with the fact that I'm a reject right now? How do yeah. I deal with the fact that I'm abandoned or perhaps sexually abused or physically abused or told I'm stupid my whole life? So hold on a minute. You've got this plan for me, but how do I deal with all of this circumstantial evidence that's against me? Yeah. And I think that's what I had to wade through and unpack over a lifetime, Yeah, I believe. I've loved watching your friends on your Instagram tell their their yes. word because it's all these people that are incredibly famous yeah. in the Christian world yeah. that you would think have no insecurities. Absolutely. And you managed to get them to say their yep. real truth of like, no, I've always had, like Natalie Grants, yes. Natalie saying something about being uh, almost, I, almost. That's it. That's it. Because she's the youngest in her family. And yes. I thought I would have never, Natalie feeling like she was almost, uh-huh. I, it just blew my mind. That was, it's so beautiful Incredible. the way they are being so honest. Yes. And that's the whole point of it because I don't actually think it's bad. I think the enemy's got a one size fits all plan for us all. Yes. It's, it's, it's one. Yeah. It's to steal, kill and destroy. Yes. Steal your identity, kill your worth destroy your yeah. potential. Yeah. Uh, that's all he's got. Yeah. Yet God has this unique blueprint for each and every one of us. So the way, the, the label that will come on you, it could come through family. It could come through school. It could come through leadership. It could come through church. It could come through spouses, children. Mm-hmm. I don't know where it's going to come from. But the enemy's always going to target your identity. Yeah. And it's about knowing how to replace the lie with the truth. Why does that matter? Oh my goodness, because God has a predestined purpose for each and every one of us and He wants us reflecting His image. He wants us being image bearers with the head, not the tail. He needs us in full, complete health, mental, emotional, spiritual, physical health so that we can do what we've been predestined to do. You know this about my story, but that has been my wrestle so much in my life is what what I hear in my head versus what's actually true. Yes. And when you, I mean, now I jokingly say all the time on my Insta story, I say it in my real life a lot, but where I say, always Annie. I'm like, yeah. oh, always Annie. But that is my language with the Lord of going like, no, always Annie. Yes. Always be Annie. Yes. Just be Annie. There's yes. only one Annie. So That's right. always be Annie. That's right. And so it is, while I joke with it online, it is actually me 
reminding myself that my identity really matters. Totally. Because there's not another one. Totally. Right. So for our friends who are listening that go like, yeah, yeah, I've dealt with identity before. I'll say it, but I want you to say it too. They still should read this. Oh, absolutely. Because it is next. The way you teach it and tell your own story Mm. is not about like just believing the truth. It's about believing the truth to the point that you are able to step into the calling you don't even see. Absolutely. I I believe it's actually for people to experience complete freedom. Yeah. Because if ask yourself this, when you walk in a room, how do you read it? Do you go Mm. in with full confidence or do you wait for permission? See, when I walk in a room, I go in with full confidence. Yeah. Wherever it is. Yeah. And I couldn't do that before. Same. Even though I I knew I was a Christian, I knew I was loved, blah, blah, blah. But it's the full freedom. Jesus came to give us freedom so that we can live in that full, like dance like no one is watching, sing like no one is listening. It is that freedom that I think we don't live in the totality of because I think insecurity, I think I I wrote a whole chapter on insecurity. Uh, Insecurity is riddled throughout the church. I see it in church leadership. I see it in pastors. It's it's alarming. And it's on playgrounds between mamas. Oh, and my it's, yeah, goodness. It's everywhere. Because they're not free because they're always It's competing. on Instagram. It's yes, on. Yes. But I, I don't care anymore. That's right. And I can legitimately say that before Jesus yeah. being in this presence of this room. I don't care what people think of me. Yeah. I honestly don't. Yeah. I'm free. Yeah. I, I imagine there is some sweet woman washing her dishes right now and just tearing up at the idea of she could walk into a room and be totally fine being her and not wait for anybody. Or some Mm -hmm. dude listening as he's driving home going Mm -hmm. like, every business meeting, I wait until... Or he's doing the dishes and she's in the business meeting. Either way. That's right. But I just think that that sentence, what if I could walk in the room and be totally confident being myself? Yes. That is the gift that you not only give yourself, but you give other people. If you walk in a room like that, they feel like they're welcome too. It is never just about us. No. It is never just about us. I love that in... um, I wish I could remember better. I think it's 2 Corinthians where it says, therefore, we don't lose heart. Outwardly, we're wasting away. But yes. then it, it also says there is more here than meets the eye. That's right. Always. Always. This is always about more than you just being confident. Oh, totally. It is about the spirit you bring into every yes. place. Because when you are confident, mm-hmm. it makes me go, oh, I can too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And there's a difference between God confidence and arrogance. Yeah. Arrogance shrinks the other person. Yeah. So you shrink back. When someone's arrogant, they dominate, but it comes, it stems from insecurity. But when you have a God confidence, it actually unlocks the room yeah. for everybody to have the same level of confidence. Yeah. So I have two more questions for mm. you. For someone who doesn't know Jesus and they've been listening to the podcast, they are friends with me, they've yeah. heard a bunch of people, and they go, like, I kind of want that. I think that's a life I want. What's the next step for them? Oh, wow. Um, Again, the Bible says that if you seek him, you'll find him. Yeah. And however you seek something out, guess what? He's going to reveal himself to you. So ask him. Just say, God, I want you to reveal yourself to me. Maybe it's through this book. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's through going to church. Maybe it's listening to this podcast. Maybe it's listening to something. God, show me something this week that's going to reveal you to me in the way I need you to reveal yourself to me. And he's so faithful that he'll do it. And it's almost uncanny how he'll... And it could be the strangest things. And I don't like to put it as a thing because we're all different and our verbiage is different and the way we think is different. Mm -hmm. But God knows you better than you know yourself. So just ask him to reveal himself to you. Yeah. And if you confess with your mouth, Oh, and believe in your heart. Absolutely, then you're safe. That's right. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't. No, no, no. Know that, about no, that don't be question. sorry. No, 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 no. Yeah. You answered exactly yeah. right. I'm just partnering with yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. I love telling people. I say this from stage all the time, only because I think it's fun to make people do this. Where I go, like, tell him to show off. He always does. Yeah. He always does. He will do something yes. for you that he has not done for anyone else yes. ever, and you will know. Yeah. Uh, my assistant Eliza is in this season where she sees butterflies. Everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we will be standing in the same place at the mm-hmm. airport and we'll walk by and she go, Did you see that woman had two butterfly tattoos? Nope, I didn't. But because God is showing up for That's her in butterflies, right. she sees them. That's right. And I don't, and they're right by me. It's not like it was invisible to me. It's just that my eyes aren't looking That's for right. those. Mm-hmm. I'm noticing the fact that I keep seeing 320 everywhere. Yeah. I just keep seeing 320 yeah. everywhere. Ephesians mm-hmm. 320 and mm-hmm. all the reasons. I mean, mm-hmm. I see it everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so he is showing up for us individually yes. and he loves it. 
Yes, he, he is. And I do too. Um, okay, last question. Yeah. We always end the show like this because it's called That Sounds Fun. Yeah. What do Henry and Alex and Holly and Taylor do for fun? Those are your children. What yeah. Do you say their names publicly? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, All yeah, of a sudden absolutely. I was like, oh, I just blew oh, up your whole family. No, absolutely. Okay, what do y'all do for fun? What's fun for the family? It's so boring. But oh, I'm so ready. <laughs> no, the Sealies are never boring. <laughs> I have fun with y'all every time. It is so boring, but we, we, we do a few things. Like, so this is our element of fun. Our kids love going to the mall, right? Yeah. So we, in like on Saturdays, that's kind of our family day, we get up whenever the kids kind of get up because I let Holly because she's 14 sleep in a little bit. So I kind of potter around the house in the morning and then wait for Holly. But we get up, we go to brunch somewhere and we love the brunch. But then we always go and shop. And so they okay. get to pick something and we love to shop. And then we go for a drive. And then when we come home, we love to make a beautiful dinner. Yeah. and then, I was going to ask if they're foodies too. They yeah, are, Yeah, right? we are yeah. foodies. Yeah. Our kids are foodies. And then after dinner, we just play the dumbest of games, but we love Uno and yeah. we love Mexican train. Yeah. And we just love hanging out or yeah. we'll do a movie night. So it yeah. depends what we feel like. So we love to do movie night, but we just love hanging out. Like How old are the kids for our 14 okay. and 10. Okay. And my daughter's 14, my son is 10, and they are the best of friends. And yeah. we just love being together. And I think in a season where uh, church kind of does have that pull on us as parents, just being around our kids. Our kids just love hanging around the kitchen and mm -hmm. we will just laugh. Like my daughter yeah. is laughing because last night I was making sandwiches and I am so tired right now yeah. that I'm making her lunch and I've made both lunches, but I can only see one sandwich. <laughs> and I'm like, why is there only one sandwich? Yeah. And we're all like, where has it gone? It has disappeared. Uh -huh. But in my half sleep state I've opened the drawer to get the knife out for something and, and I put a sandwich. placed the sandwich <gasps> no. in the top drawer <laughs> so my daughter and I are dying oh yeah and so we are the dumbest but we that's we just love hanging yeah. we love eating we love shopping and we just love being together tell me your movies. favorite meal in Nashville what have you found to be oh like what oh. is your okay I'm giving this a plug because oh, good. go the best food where we have eaten Everything off the menu, we've been there three times now, is at the Noel Hotel. There is a restaurant called Make Ready. I haven't been there. Oh, Annie. I'm going to tell, I have. I keep forgetting to tell my church about it. Yeah. It, <laughs> like from ever, stage. Like, I'm seriously, preaching Make I Ready. I am preaching Make Ready, but okay. their menu. I and you and I eat similar, oh, lots of vegetables. Like, yeah. yeah. They have this beet salad. They have okay, asparagus. Yes. They have... I can't. Okay, where's that hotel? Where's the new hotel? Oh, downtown. Uh huh. Near Church Street. Yeah. And something else, the okay. corner of. But if you just look up the hotel Noel, there is a barista parlor in the cafe of the yeah. lobby. Yeah. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Okay. And we're putting up our guests there. I probably shouldn't say that. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> we put our guests there, and so we obviously had to taste the food. Well, of course. To just make sure that they were going to eat. Yeah. Because I'm really a food lover. Uh huh. I could not. Uh, we actually went out with Nate and Shelley that night, yeah, the first yeah. night and we just devoured the menu. Yeah. But then I went back the next... Oh, I'm not joking. Three times. I've been there three times. And it's times. healthy, but healthy, it's delicious. delicious, <gasps> produce fresh, oh, tasty, and unique, really unique. The fish is amazing. Okay. I, I can't even... Everything that I had, every starters, every every meal that we got for starters, I can't speak highly of. So when y'all do it. that, when y'all are testing a restaurant like mm -hmm. that, you and your husband and a, another couple or whoever, yeah. do y'all just go, let's order and pass it around? Yes. Oh, it's family style. It's Actually, that's the other thing about it. Their, their breakfast, their uh -huh. avocado on toast, their oh, bacon. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I okay. can't. All of it. All of it. You've even done, you've been there three times and you've I've done breakfast. And I've done breakfast and two dinners. <laughs> Okay, make ready. Make ready. We're cheering for you. Cheering for you. Okay. Yeah. Um, Alex, thanks for being on the show. Oh, I love you. You're such a gift honor. to our city and in my life. I just, I can't, you know this, but I cannot thank you enough. You're such a gift. I love you. Thank you. Oh, friends, I hope you enjoyed that. I just think the world of Alex and had such a great time sitting down with her um, and letting you hear it. We sit down together all the time and talk about life and Jesus and what's going on. But I love when those conversations get recorded. I just think it is super, super fun. And listen, as we talked about, if you are new to figuring out who Jesus is and you want him, 
to be a part of your life, it is so simple. It is just a prayer. He is literally just one prayer away from your life where you just say, Jesus, I want you in my life. I want you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my life and change me and make me more like you. And let's get this relationship started. I mean, it's so simple. Say it in your own words. Copy me, whatever makes you happy. I mean, it says in Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so that's it. Just confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. Hey, make sure you also pick up Alex's new book. It's called Tailor Made. As we talked about, it's so good, y'all. I would never, trust me, when books are bad, I do not tell you. I would never tell you a book that I didn't love. And so make sure you grab a copy of Tailor Made. Hey, if there's anything I can do for you, if you have any questions or anything you need from me, I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs, F is in foodie, because I'm one, and so is Alex. Annie F. Downs, all across the internet. And if you get a chance to rate and review the show, it would just mean so much. Thank you guys for doing that. I'm really, really grateful when you guys get a chance to do that for our friends who don't know us already. We are creeping it close to episode 100 of the show, which is going to be super fun. And next week on the show, it's a twofer. You guys, we've never done this before. I'm super excited. But I, you know, one of my favorite things is inviting my friends to be friends with my friends. That's why I love bringing people on the show. But this is a next level move because I'm inviting these two women to be friends together on the same episode of That Sounds Fun. Candace Cameron Bure and Mo Isom will both be on the show next week. I think you're going to love it. We have been dying to have them both. Mo has an episode already, but she is back with some new information in a new book and just a new conversation that I wanted to have with her. And then our friend Candace Cameron, who I adore and have loved from afar since I was a child. I learned how to wear makeup thanks to Aunt Becky teaching DJ Tanner. So I'm really excited for you to hear our conversation. Hey, and if you love the conversation with Alex, we have lots of episodes with other female authors like Rebecca Lyons, Angie Smith, Mo Isom's other episode is awesome. Allie Worthington's episode a few weeks ago, everybody is loving. Jamie, Ivy, we just have a handful of female Christian authors that I think you would really enjoy listening to. So make sure you pop back and hear those. Hey, make sure you go out and do something that sounds fun to you today. And we will see you back here next week.